We are back. It is Cigars and Sports, bringing the most imitable entertainment in the business, unparalleled, unfathomable. No one else can be recognized or keep up with it. Sports entertainment, guys. Welcome back. Thank you. Is this the Blunt's uh, song choice right here? Is the final countdown for this Blunt? Or, um, excuse me, this cigar? It's the final <laughs> countdown for this cigar. On to the next one, as I say, with my cigars and my ladies. We're coming to an end, guys, to 2020. So, we're coming in hot. We got big plans for the, the, the new year. So, let's finish strong. Happy holidays. And uh, let's talk some football. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Picking up a coffee table tomorrow for this joint, actually. Really? Yeah, we're going to Dana, Dana Point to pick one up. So we got a little setup going up here. I know end of the year is kind of how I wanted to at least fix up the, the studio. So I have that in the back of my mind of, you know what I mean, things I want to move around and whatnot. Just want to grab a few more things. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, breaking news really quick. Can we start out with Garrett Cole and then we'll circle back around to baseball? No, we can go baseball. I'm ready. You are? Yeah. All right. Breaking news. Garrett Cole signs with the Yankees. $36 million a year. 36 and a half. 36. Nine years. $345 million. Second pitcher all time to have a nine-year contract. Last guy. I can't remember his name. He ended up being 28 and 48 lifetime in that nine-year contract. So... You don't remember his name, or you? No, and it was signed in like 1970s or something like that. Okay. Yeah, a little fun fact, but um. Have the Yankees already won the offseason? I don't believe so. I think there's still a lot of kind of little pieces that could be moved, moved around still. Like there's still uh, Josh Josh Hader still out there. Uh, Josh or not? Uh, yeah, Josh Hader, right? Bill uh, Bill Donaldson. <laughs> That's an actor. We got uh, Josh Donaldson still out there. Puig is still out there. So there's like some smaller pieces that still can be played. Do you think they won the um, offseason already with the big acquisition of Garrett Cole? Uh, it's tough not to say that they haven't won. I mean, the Angels could they, – they got Rendon. They have that talk. Um, they traded away Cozart, so they have room for, for um, Bumgarner. Um, I know they're looking at Kluber as well. I think, you know, if, if you get a few superstars, then, then that takes it. But if things kind of settled the way they were, um, I would, I'd probably give it to, to the Yankees. And, and low-key team, the Reds as well, they signed D.D. Jagorius. Um, I know they, they're talking about spending big this summer, so I could see them being in the mix. But, I mean, Yankees, they have the most home runs. Um, their pitching staff now, it's got Garrett Cole, uh, James Paxton, who's an all-star last year, Severino. Um, you know what I mean? Who could as well as be a, a top 10 uh, Cy Young Award winner. Tanaka is their fourth now, and J.A. Happ. But CC comes back for – did he retire? He retired. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, they just had no room for him probably. Yeah. And they said, you know, you're cut. But um, They also brought back uh, Brett Gardner today on a one-year deal. So that's actually not a bad uh, little pickup. <clears throat> he probably won't play as much as he'd like to, but uh, – that is something that if you let's limit the times, Brett. If you're listening, please limit the times that you throw that your helmet off the the back of the wall and it bounces back <laughs> at you. So let's work on that this 2020. No, great sign for sure. Um, he he had a great year last year. It was a, it was kind of a, a comeback year as far as um his his signing year. You know he was kind of doing a little slower, but um 
he would have been a key piece for another team. And I, like you said, he's he's just kind of that that Chris Taylor. He might not be a starter, but he's gonna play every day because someone's gonna get rest, and he's and you know what I mean. He's gonna be a that defensive that spot. assistant late or mm-hmm. defensive switch late or. So I, I'm I'm kind of jealous. I know uh, the Angels. I guess they're having Joe Adele come up, but without Calhoun, I kind of like that left-handed bat. I thought we we could use a left-handed bat. I'm not saying I don't miss Rendon. Um, I kind of had a few questions. I know you're not. All, all about the Angels, but you know we missed out on Garrett Cole. We just got Rendon, um, Mad Bum, Dylan Batances. He's a, a reliever. The Angels really need a reliever. I'm gonna be biased and say that I hope he goes to the other team in LA, just because that's something that we've struggled with for the last since I was a kid. But I, I'd say since Gagne. But um, well, no, I, Kenley was good, but just that middle part recently. Not well, Kenley hasn't been good recently. But when Kenley was good, the middle part wasn't good. Have you have you heard anything about the Dodgers and Batances? Any links or, or uh, whatnot? No, not no. on Batances. But I've heard that they're rumored to trade. They're trying to get Lindor. They're trying to move for Lindor. I've heard a lot of talk about uh, that. Justin Turner has already said that he would switch positions. That was for the uh, Rendon. But going back to the Angels quickly, um, I'm not watching a game until they bring Joe Adele up. Uh, whether he's starting or not, maybe, you know, he, but I believe he should be on that 25 man roster. Uh, I think they, they definitely took a step in the right direction. I don't, I don't think they, they, they're still, if they can add one or two piece pitching pieces, then they have a chance to put themselves, maybe probably not the best team in the league, but for winning the off season for sure. Yeah, a few things you said. You touched on pitching. Haney's their their ace right now. They're not going to do anything as far as that goes. Uh, and he still has to take a. He was kind of slow in the beginning. Um, came up hot the last second half of the year, so he's gonna have to pitch like that. Um, obviously, you're kind of hoping Otani's um, coming back and pitching like an ace, but you still need uh, at least one good ace. I would prefer to have two. You know, I mean, two solid starters, Kluber. Bumgarner, and then you have Otani and 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 Haney, kind of you know what I mean, finishing off the back end. That'd be kind of interesting to see. Catcher is a big position. I know they're gonna fill it up later. They had uh, Martin Molinado. Um, I liked him. Yeah, I liked him on there too. He played on the Astros last year, I believe. Yeah, traded uh, halfway through, right? Uh huh. And then um, so, and I know they have a few prospects as well. Uh, and then one name I saw as well, Addison Russell. He got cut from the Cubs. Joe Madden used to coach him. Um, Rendon filled the spot because they were third. They were uh, a spot in the infield empty. Um, but there was talk that maybe they trade Listella for for some pitching help, and maybe they could sign uh, Russell after that because I still think he has tons of potential. Listella's stock definitely soared this year, right? This past year. I mean, we, he, it was his first time starting, correct? Because he was always like a Cub switch guy. And so this was his first. You don't think Madden's gonna want to keep him? Or I mean, I, although they do need to make some drastic more moves because they, they're still paying for pool holes. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I, they need the left-handed bat. Um, what about Addison at second? Well, Fletcher had a great year. Fletcher's gonna be probably oh, the lead I off hitter. About, yeah, I forgot about um, Fletcher. He he almost hit three hundred. So I'm excited to see what kind of step he takes. Just kind of finishing up around baseball. Um, <clears throat> MLB the show released. It's taped in 2021 that will be released on all platforms. I just saw the new Xbox came out with a commercial today. 
and oh, wow. holidays 2020 and i'm like shit i already have to buy a new xbox now like you mm-hmm. know everyone's gonna have one but it didn't say anything about new games or anything like that it's just like a faster system so i think a little fun fact guys if you listen to our old podcast home of the fan we talked about um how the sony should allow mlb the show to be on all platforms because we think maybe that that could be a link to popularity in baseball because only a certain amount of kids are access to because have access to the MLB the show, therefore they can't play their favorite players where they can go play Madden or Fortnite or something like that. So we've been a big fan. We've been a big hobby lobbyist for this for Proponent, quite a while. Yeah, sure. mm-hmm. for quite a while, and so. I'm sure they weren't listening to us, but thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, and Kaius knows this. I went out and bought a, a PS4 just to play MLB The Show, and I buy all my other games on Xbox. Um, That's, he's what we like to know. He, he's known as the 1% the cigars one. and sports. So. <laughs> Must be nice, Josh. Got to have that deep franchise, you know. Mm. Drafting the team was always a, a thing we, we grew up thinking about, so... Shout out to Machado. Play, play a little him on one on one. Faded away coming up. I think it's gonna drop later this weekend, guys. Come check in the basketball pod. Uh, some great talk. I think we're gonna catch up on the Clippers, the East and the West. I heard this uh, first team in um, NBA in over I think it's like 40 years that where there's two teams with an 800 winning percentage or above. Wow. Uh, Clippers and or I mean Lakers and Bucks. Really quick, who's more impressive this year to you? I'd have to say the Lakers, just because the Bucks kind of were known to do this, and the Lakers were all were known to do that as well. But they they're all playing together for the first time, and so the chemistry is kind of it's kind of they're they're not. I mean, I'm a Clipper fan, but they're a lot more fun to watch than they were last year. As far as the ball really moves a lot more, and so they're more impressive as far as the chemistry they have playing together is a lot farther along than I had thought it'd be at this point rather than with the Bucks, you know I thought it'd be Clippers maybe even though Clippers have that same chemistry they only added one or two guys where it's almost complete turnover again for the Lakers yeah Lakers I like it because of the defense um you could argue the Bucks that you know they traded away like their uh, Brogdon is one of their best players and you know what I mean they actually have gotten better um kind of through Giannis and whatnot, everyone's kind of getting their role a little more, I would say. But the one thing about the Lakers, too, is LeBron's played every game. Anthony Davis has only missed one. Clippers are doing this whole load management thing. I, and I've heard this a little bit. Are the Lakers playing too much? or? Um, I think for now it's, it's something that you can say only time will tell. But um, I think it has helped that the Clippers have played a lot of games at home for now because – well, at towards the end, the schedule changes uh, all blue, so and they'll be on the road. But which maybe maybe Kawhi's only sitting now, so he could play those road games when it's a little bit more tougher on the body or something. Because they did, did you agree? They did have awfully a lot of home games at the first beginning. I felt like every game was at home. I, I think it was both both LA teams because I think with due keep to the, the fact, yeah, they wanted to keep the hype. Um, you know what I mean in in and around the city. Uh, and, and, and they did a good job. Um, Clippers on a roll, too. Uh, any other teams you maybe shout out really quick, I guess? Dallas, I think. Donchick, he yeah, keeps balling. He had 41 again tonight. <clears throat> Next pod, two guys. We got pod three. Um, guest pod three. 
grab a little poll of what, what we want to talk about. We have a few few things in the works right now, so we'll get that rolling too um, ASAP. Um, and then, guys, why don't you kind of start it off with NFL? So we, uh, you want to do AFC or NFC first? My choice. You're the boss. All right. Well, so we kind of we're gonna go away from power rankings this week, and we're gonna talk about. Uh, I took the top six teams. We might have a little bit. You might have the yeah Tennessee. I put only I took, teams that worry. Yeah. Worry. Okay. And we're gonna kind of instead of telling what they're good at, maybe have their only kind of question mark. So. Start off with Baltimore. The Ravens, who got another win tonight, clinched uh, the division. Luckily, didn't get Lamar hurt. They played him late when they probably shouldn't have. But can we talked about this, I think, last pod of the pod before, but can they play from behind? That's your only question mark for me. We mentioned it before, like I said. But uh, if you're the opening, if you're the opponent in the playoffs, you're taking the ball first and you're trying to get a touchdown early. For the, uh, do you want to do your one yeah. question mark and then go, go, yeah, go back we'll go, and forth? We'll go back and forth. Yeah. All I've got to say is I was projected to beat Kai's by 20 points this round. Lamar Jackson goes for five TDs. Now I have an eight-point projection win. So it's going to be a tough one. He was projected for like 18 points. He went for 37. My thing for Baltimore is the one thing I noticed was uh, playmakers. All their playmakers are these small, speedy guys. Um, it's really good when there's open field and whatnot, but uh, they didn't. I feel like they don't have these big playmakers on the outside, and it's kind of what they're lacking as far as Baltimore goes. Um, Patriots number two, wide receiver separation for me, pretty simple. Um, Tom Brady's been arguing about it. Obviously, it's been in the news since Antonio Brown's got cut. Um, no one's making you know, no one's making life easy, and and they're just double and triple teaming Edelman. Yeah, without Gronk too, there's there's no there's no luck for him. Um, without yeah, on the field I'd say it'd be the can the wide receiver step up, but another question mark is all this drama surrounding them off the field. It, it'll probably pass because the, they watched the video and said nothing bad, but it just continues to happen. When you're the best team in the league, it's just gonna it can, you know anybody's gonna be picky about it. So stupid stuff like that. Going on to Kansas City. It used to be the defense, but they've kind of figured it out. Now I'd say it's the run game. LaShawn McCoy, through 13, 14 weeks, has 449 yards. He's been hurt, and he leads the team in rushing. So, for me, it's the run game. For me, it's still the run defense. Um, I think their pass defense is playing better. Sacks was never really the issue. It was kind of the quarterback play. But I don't know what they're exactly averaging per carry. I know in the beginning of the season it was over five yards a rush for them. Um, and I still think that is their Achilles heel, especially when we're getting to this winter time um, when they play these teams. Baltimore in the playoffs or the Patriots, I think, will even start running the ball more too. Um, who else is in the AFC? Um, Steelers run team. So um, Buffalo for me would be the next one around. Kind of... Uh, <clears throat> You know, great, great offense so far. But one thing they're missing is the running back touchdown production. Two touchdowns for Gore, two touchdowns for Devin Singletary, who's been quite a, a pleasant uh, surprise. Over five yards to carry this year, too. Eight touchdowns rushing by Josh Allen, though, their quarterback. Yeah. Going from mine, it's kind of the same thing. But uh, they play defense well. Can they score? If they go to a shootout with the Chiefs, can they put up, like, the 40 points necessary? They're kind of a team that, yeah, they do score, but they want to beat you 31. They want to beat you 24 to 
thirteen. They're the, you know what I mean. They want to limit the ball. They're going to they want to run the ball. So if they if it if the game comes to a shootout, can they keep up? Houston, which team will show up? I I knew they were going to lose to Denver, and I don't want to talk about much more about it. Bill O'Brien's going to get fired. Uh, for me, Houston sacks, uh, offensive line. Um, you know what I mean? Keeping Deshaun Watson on his feet so he can make, uh, you know what I mean, have enough time to make a play with either his feet or his hands. Pittsburgh, I have quarterback play. Um, <clears throat> you know, who's even going to play? Is it Mason Rudolph? Is it, the, who's the other guy? Duck. Duck. Duck Hodges. Um, and, and just shout out to, to Mike Tomlin. And then I, I snuck in the Tennessee Titans there because they're having seven and five as well. Um, offensive consistency, yeah, you can't hate on their team. They have a good defense. The wide receivers, some games play really well. A.J. Brown has, has been a pleasant surprise, too. Uh, Corey Davis, he hasn't really broke out like the season people thought, but he still had some big games. Derrick Henry's doing really well behind the line. And then Tannehill's Completing come back. And 72.5% of his passes. Tannehill's been killing it. I'm, I'm like literally about to start him. And, you know what I mean? Just roll the dice. Please do. Playing, playing Houston this week, so to be three interceptions. For me, Pittsburgh can duck, keep the Ducks up above the pond. Uh, Mike Tomlin's doing it, but they play the Bills, Jets, and Ravens. So if they can take, that's two two playoff teams and the Jets. They got to beat the Jets, and if they can beat one of those teams, which they already beat the Ravens, I believe. So that's something to watch. Going into the NFC, San Fran, I really. Couldn't find a question mark, so I kind of just went. Can Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan ready for the spotlight? He's done it as a O, o, o coordinator with the um, Falcons, but this is his first time as the head coach, so that's gonna be something to watch. As I guess they, the only real question mark is he gonna kind of fold under pressure or not? But we'll see. Um, for me, injuries is a big one. Um, you know, make sure everyone's healthy. And the other one is, it's who's number one. I, I guess this isn't the biggest mistake because it's kind of like, oh, who's going to be their number one guy? Who who needs to get the ball in crunch time? Um, and, and that's good as far as game planning. But, you know, as far as who is their number one? Who, who Emmanuel Sanders, like who is Garoppolo going to relay on when it's third and eight and they need, you know what I mean, the ball, the wind's blowing and whatnot. So, um, I kind of want to see that, just, just a little comfortability. New Orleans Saints, um, between this and Minnesota was kind of the toughest one for me. It was just offensive juggernaut capability. Um, Kamora is not having as Kamora of a year as he normally is, and Mike Thomas is having a great year, but he's not this one-play type of guy. He's, you know, he's you get the ball catches six passes in one type of drive or whatnot so are they going to have that juggernaut capability if like like you said do they need that touchdown to to go down the field and beat the chiefs or whatnot yeah for my uh for new orleans i would say it is also the run game kamara hasn't yeah he's taking a step back and they're gonna need him to be able to control the clock drew Brees can do it himself but it's just you know if it's easier if you have a run game to... Because Drew Brees plays a lot better off play action. Going into... Green Bay. Uh, can the run game stay legit? Aaron Jones is... They play their best when Aaron Jones is a pass catcher. Um, I mean, 
when he's done the best in the pass catcher, he's also done the best um, running. You can attest to that, Josh, because you've had him in fantasy and he beat me one week. Darn it. But, uh, yeah, and then can the receivers get open for Rodgers? Yeah, for me, wide receiver production. I know uh, Devontae Adams was hurt, but three TDs is the most TDs for wide receiver on that team, and so is 685 yards. Um, that's pretty weak. Seattle, it's sacks, uh, defensive pressure, 23 sacks. It's the third worst in the NFL. The only teams to have less sacks than Seattle are Miami, Miami and Cincinnati. Wow. So, so the fact that they're one of the best teams and they're in that category that's kind impressive. of attests to, to their offense for sure. Yeah, that kind of goes with, can anybody not name Russell Wilson or J- J- Jadavion Clowney? Please step up. Please step up. I repeat, can anybody not name Russell Wilson or Jadavion Clowney? Please step up. Please step up. They're not, they're, you know what I mean? It's just Russell Wilson taking off at the end when needed, and uh, it's been very beneficial for them going forward. They could run into some trouble. They have a big week 17 game against uh, San Fran, which I don't, I think San Fran takes. Going into Minnesota, my biggest question mark is for them since they have a run game, because playoff is controlled by that, is Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. He's been consistent a lot of the weeks. He's had a couple bad weeks. Can he have. Three to four real good weeks, leading into the postseason, or not not leading into the postseason, but in the postseason. Yeah, we kind of stated it before. Minnesota, one of the most versatile teams here, um, as far as like balance goes and whatnot. So for me, consistency as well. Um, Rams would be my next one, and I hate to say it, but it has to be quarterback play. Fifteen touchdowns and fourteen interceptions by Garrett Goff this season. Um, and then wrap it up really quick. Dallas. Well, would they slip in? Yeah, they'd slip in over Minnesota then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Dallas was, is in, unfortunately. And then Dallas, uh, defensive turnovers, five interceptions. It's last in the NFL. Patriots have 21. That leads it. Um, going into Dallas, Jason Garrett, he's coaching for his job. I'll probably we'll, It'll be brought up more, more often than we probably want to talk about than the rest of the podcast, the rest of the podcast. But going forward, um, there's a chance that if you know he could come back next year. So I don't know. They're in a really weird spot, being six and seven and making the playoffs. So Jason Garrett's gone. I don't know if he's going to be gone. He's not. He's not going to get fired in the middle of the season. But he's gone at the end of the year. Regardless. I think so. Regardless. Yeah. yeah I, I agree. I not only that, the whole house is getting cleared mm-hmm. as far as management. Yeah. I agree. So should we go take a commercial? I think yeah, we're gonna run out we'll some be, time here. On the- take a break. We'll be back. Little choke and choke section at the end uh, for UFC 245, guys. Hey, guys. It's Jake with Prismatic. Join us Saturday, December 21st, for a night of punk, ska, and rock, featuring the Gringos, Gospel Swamp, the Jetties, and Rando. Best of all, there's no cover. Proceeds will be donated to for gifts for children in need for the holidays. So come on out. It's going to be a night of fun. Hey, guys. It's Josh with JRL LLC, 
you know, the famous sponsor of the cigars and sports. Anyways, missing out on a Christmas tree? Don't want one that fills the whole house? Come on down, I got one that smells just as good. Again, J-O-L-L-L-C, we're selling Christmas trees this year, guys, and I get you even higher. <clears throat> so, Andy Ruiz comes in 15 pounds heavier after he wins that heavyweight fight. And uh, he he says, you know, they ask him, you know, what happened? How were you weigh so much? And he's like, dude, I'm the champion, you know? Like, everyone's inviting me over for carne asada and giving me coronas. Hornitos. And hornitos and horchata and a chicken mole. And he just couldn't say no. He was just loving that champion life. So... You know, 60, no, 40% of me just gives him a pat on the back and, you know, you deserve every single bit. But then 60% was like, come on, baby, you had those fast hands, dude. You could have done something, baby, no? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, like, I'm really glad he's being real transparent about it. You no, know? it is. It, it's it's tough out there for a pimp. Yeah, you know, I'm waiting for... I heard he's called out uh, Bartolo Colon for his next fight. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's so, funny. Rough and, ra- rough and rowdy. Nice. Uh, Barstool I, Sports. I like that. No, but, um, yeah, we went over to our boy Slick Rick. We watched the fight. Um... I was kind of disappointed. My boy Rick should be a boxing promoter because he talked the hell out of that mm-hmm, fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of a dud. But Anthony Joshua, mm-hmm. my God. That's that's a that's a con- consummate professional, no? Like, oh, my God. He had a game plan. He, he lost. A, yeah. He came. He just stuck to it. Looked great doing it. Um, he needs to work on his interview skills a little bit. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But maybe that's because he was just getting hit by yeah, Andy Ruiz. Yeah, he's getting Those are those dot. Those you know, Floyd. Even Floyd. Look at Floyd. He gets hit the least, and he's still like, mm-hmm. whoa there. There were some good punches though thrown, and there was a, there was a little action, no. but it wasn't just kind of. I think it was too far of a travel, and kind of you know, it's a lot of. The you know, greatest fight of all time, at least in the boxing ring. Apollo Creed, Rocky Balboa. You don't get much of those anymore. Yeah, I missed that fight. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it on the rewind. <laughs> All right, so I think it's it's time. <laughs> UFC two forty five. Josh, you let him know what is happening. So three title fights this weekend. It's gonna be a big big weekend uh, for choke and toke. As we call it, um, Kamar Usman, Colby Covington, belt number one. Obviously, the lo- long anticipated belt. Uh, division one wrestler versus division two wrestler. Uh, both, you know what I mean? One was a champ, one was a top five. We'll see how that pans out. A lot of shit talking on, on, on the wrestling categories. We've got Max Holloway versus uh, Andre Vol- uh, Volkanovsky. Um, I've hit three straight bets with Volkanovski, and I'm about to hit four. I don't know. They say uh, Holloway is, you know what I mean, one of the greatest featherweights of all time. He's at minus 175 right now, so I might want to take those odds with Holloway. Um, Amanda Nunes versus Arandami. Um Obviously, Nunes is the GOAT as far as someone without a dick inside of the UFC. Um, so she'd be a good parlay, I would say. Uh, there's Jose Aldo facing Marlon uh, Morris. 
Uh, Jose's plus 175. I'm going to take that experience. And uh, and then the last one, Peter Young versus Uriah Faber. Peter Young, big favorite, minus 500. Faber's if, finally in the UFC? Back in the UFC, 40 years old, won his last fight. Um, black belt in jiu-jitsu, you know, 13 submissions. So if the fight does get to the ground, he, you know what I mean, he, he might not... Um, no, he he's perfectly suffice of, of of ending it on the ground on his back. So I'm excited to see what happens. He has no business standing up and fighting with Yawn. So I'm excited to see how he gets it to the floor. Um, Mike Perry uh, gets Jeff O'Neill. I'm taking Jeff O'Neill. These are my two my two fights. I'm definitely locking in. Jeff O'Neill. He's minus two sixty, um, and I'm gonna pair that with Matt Brown over Ben Saunders, and that's my parlay. To take at two forty-five. All right, <clears throat> I'm like, <clears throat> whoa. Uh, I called Max the other day, and he's actually in Vegas. And I made a joke that uh, I would Max K, that is easiest name in the history. Um, I made a joke. I might text him and send him a Venmo to put some money in in Vegas. But he, we talked about the Usman and uh, Covington fight, and. I'd like to put on record that he is also taking Usman. You took Usman, right? I. If so, if I'm going to pick someone to win, I would probably pick Usman. But if I'm betting, Usman, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm taking Usman. Um, he's minus one eighty-five. Covington's plus one sixty, and, and you know he could he could win. Um, so I, that's that's a fight I'm not going to bet on. I'm just excited to enjoy. Well, I mean, I'm going to be at my blacked out at my Christmas party, so I'm excited to watch the Reem one after everyone tells me what happens. Mm-hmm. That lazy eye right now says so, too. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. The little hook, a uh-huh. little hair hook you got mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Well, is that uh, anything else you want to wrap up, uh, lay on the mat for Choke and Toke? For Choke? Not for Choke and Toke. Uh, I was... Great little session with you guys. Wrap it up. A little show last night. What what are shows going on this weekend? Tell everyone a little Orange County Winter Wonderland holidays. I know we might be going to the Growlers later. You said you're going to a show tomorrow night. Yeah, so tomorrow night um, I'm going to go see 3LH, Kiki Diago, Melt Mars, Nebula's Beach, and the Beach Stones. I've seen a few of those bands. I booked two of them. No Bash Dogs? I thought I heard Bash Dogs earlier. They play the 28th. 28th, all right. Uh, at the Observatory, which we'll probably make an appearance at. Um, this is going to be happening at the Garden Grove Amphitheater, which is uh, used to be a uh, mostly a Shakespeare, like a Shakespeare uh, performance spot, but now it's renovated. And then on Sunday, my boy Quiet Game and Nothing Mag present Sad Park, The Trees, Sin and Passion, The Haunts, and The Crawdads. I guess not the crawdads, but crawdads. And that's a Sunday. That's an early show. If you no one's doing anything, that'll be fun. I won't be making that. I have a Christmas party myself, but it's always good for the promo. And Saturday, I work till midnight, but I'm there's probably something going on, but I didn't really look into that date because I was working. Tune in. The show of the year will be happening with Cigars and Sports, possibly <laughs> sponsored by Cigars and Sports. For you, the fans, uh, to come enjoy this year and to, uh, you know what I mean, just to be excited about the year um, for the next the next decade. New year, new decade. 
So you think you're th- you think new things next year they ought to even be bigger because it's a new decade next year, guys. Ten, ten times all those dreams you thought about, all right? Roaring 20s? Fuck that. Soaring, Soaring 20s. 20s, my boy! On that note, we're out. We'll see you next week, guys.